0: Welcome to the Whispers of the Soul podcast, hosted by Sally Admala and Sibby Spencer. Every week we dive into spiritually rich topics to create conscious conversations to help you, the listener, deepen into your own soul wisdom and practice. The space we create through our discussions invites you into your own inner world we explore ours and our guest speakers. We come together to share stories, creativity, wisdom, insights and laughter. If you feel it's time to become more curious about your own uniquely creative expressive self that makes you, well, you, then you are in good Well, hello, everybody. And this is episode nine. Can you believe it, Sibby? It's very exciting. Isn't I it? know. Um, and we're very fortunate today because we have a lovely special guest with us, Prue Nichols. And she's going to be talking to us about the sacred wisdom of astrology, uh, which we can't wait to delve into. Can't wait. Um, so I'm Sally. And I'm Sibby. And
1: um, yeah, we are joined by Prue. Um, welcome, Prue. Thank you. and Thank you so much for um, having me here. It's really wonderful to um, be sharing some time together.
0: It is. And I think for, for people listening, um, you know, we've got people that have got so many interests in in lots of different tools, I would say, to try and understand themselves more and to learn a little bit more. And as we're going through this evolving process and evolving journey, And um, before we came on the podcast, Prue was just explaining that, you know, astrology has been one of those things that's enabled her to sort of get the most from, you know, in terms of answers, understanding who she is and all of that. So, you know, we can't wait to kind of, you know, delve into that and find out a bit more about it. So Prue, do you want to just introduce yourself and just, you know, a little bit about what you do, how you help people
1: Yes, I'd love to. So perhaps I should just take a step back. And I know I did mention about, you know, the different tools out there. And I have to be honest, I have tried so many different tools. I think I grew up incredibly sensitive. Um, My mother would probably say very moody. I have a lot of water, which will probably, you know, what does that mean in astrology? There's a real sensitivity. There's a real ability for the water signs and that's cancer. Um, Pisces, um, to pick up on what isn't always seen. And I think sometimes being part of a family that perhaps isn't as watery, I, I often had this sense that I was too much, too sensitive. Um, and where I found myself, um, sort of in my middle to late twenties was working in public relations in London. Um, in, in many ways, on paper, having a great life, but it just didn't feel that way. I just felt so, disconnected. I would look around me and I'd see my colleagues who seemed to be having fun and I just didn't feel that way and I was desperate for an escape route but I didn't know what to do. I thought how do I leave corporate relations and I knew that I was at this kind of this point that if I didn't jump off the ladder I might well end up being there for the retirement perks so I was in Thailand at one Christmas and I saw this um, me- this kind of poster on the window saying, teach English in Thailand. And suddenly I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave. I wanted something to go to. I didn't necessarily want to just go around the world with a backpack on my back. Um, and I, I left. The, the stable world of corporate relations, much to my dad's horror. I think his dreams of his daughter <laughs> becoming a lawyer or solicitor were rapidly diminishing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> found myself in Thailand and the people kept saying, why Thailand? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why Thailand, but often I don't know if, if you both have experienced it. It's only afterwards that you realise why you made these decisions. They may feel very irrational. Um, but at the time, I what I ha- have seen is that I needed to take myself out of my everyday environment. I plonked myself in this country where no one spoke English. Thai is a very difficult language to learn. It's very tonal. I did have this idea that I might be on a Thai beach somewhere teaching children with the waves lapping behind me that wasn't quite my reality i was in a very industrial thai town where i was the only westerner or flang um but what i found was taking myself out of all the distractions that i would use to survive i couldn't watch tv well i could but it didn't really mean anything So like i couldn't do all those things that i would normally do i spent a lot of time on my own sitting on the balcony looking up at the sky, and I started noticing um, that people's behaviors changed with the moon cycle. So when there was a big bright full moon, I, I guess I probably knew it was called a full moon, I had no knowledge of it. Um, I thought everyone's really ex- out there, they're really excited, there, this, there was a real buzz. Mm. Um, all the monkeys would come down off the mountain it was bizarre and when there was a full moon it was the skies were dark everyone was much more um, insular they were all on their own and I started noticing that with the children I was teaching I was teaching these gorgeous little five and six year olds and it, they were really naughty around a full moon and over <laughs> the moon, they were really well behaved and I was like this is really this is really interesting there's something here I don't know what it is and then I moved to India um, for a year, and I, I spent time at the foothills of the Himalayas. And again, I started seeing movement where there was a buffalo being more kind of like sort of raucous around these times. And when I came back to the UK, I knew that there was something, there was a mystery that I really wanted to explore. So I knew that astrology was always a really important part, but I needed to create income. And so I studied massage for a couple of years. And I started creating this, these healing modalities and and astrology was always at the background. But at that time, I think, I just thought astrology was our sun sign. You know, we all tend to know what's your star or your sun sign. It's the t- same thing. Even my dad knows he's a Virgo. <laughs> and I thought that was it. You know, I sort of grew up on Linda Goodman's, this big blue book. The mis- You know, I was like, oh, if I, if I met someone I was interested in, I'd be scouring his, his sun sign. And what I realized was that the sun sign is a tiny part of this amazing blueprint for life. And there's a saying that you're born alone, you die alone. And I just think that isn't true. We are born with this guide. In many ways, it's like our own personal Bible that helps us understand ourselves, our challenges, the areas of life that become easier And since I really delved into it and became an astrologer, what I really understand is that we are all here for a unique purpose. We all have a gift that only we can do. And it's all, in many ways, opened up through the sun sign Mm. uh, and how all the other planets interact. So I stopped looking around. I stopped thinking, they're happy. I'm going to follow what they're doing or reading guru's books. Oh, yes, that's what I need to do. Then I'll get to this place of happiness, contentment and actually I started really appreciating what it is that I brought Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been a journey ever since and we have this natal chart that's created the moment we take our first breath but it's constantly being brought to life by what's going on in the skies above us and we experience that individually but we also experience that collectively so there's been some really really powerful transits or powerful events happening in the sky that have had big, big consequences for us, Mm. Um, us mere mortals underneath. So that's kind of it in a a snapshot, really. I'll, I'll take a breath now and allow (laughs) allow other people to speak well no it's fascinating and I
0: think it's it's always interesting to learn how somebody kind of found their thing you know and Mm. they I think a lot of people can relate to your story from leaving more of the corporate world and all the expectations that come with that and actually kind of following your intuition following your soul calling following what feels you know more organic really I think a lot of people can relate to that I know I can because I had the same experience not not exactly the same but similar experience from going from one to the other um but um i think it's interesting a couple of things i think it's interesting what you were saying about noticing particularly the animals around these moon cycles which you know and you know that animals are more in tune particularly with energies around them because you you know I, we were talking about this on another podcast that you know if a tsunami hit they're all up at the top of the mountain laughing at us humans on the beach having a barbecue. I mean, Mm. (laughs) we've lost that ability, haven't we, along the way um, that kind of separates us a little bit. But the other thing I wanted to just ask, because I think people will be interested about the sun sign or the star sign, as we know, it's the same thing. Um, some years ago, I, I found out about okay. There's a moon sign and there's an ascending or a rising sign, and started to delve into that. So for people that don't really understand any more than there's just a sun sign, could could you just elaborate a little bit on that, Prue?
1: I think you've just hit the nail on the head so beautifully, Sally. And actually, I run a course called the Big Three. There are three really big influences because let's be honest, we don't all have time. I think. You know when you when you start being a student of the astrology and you know let's not forget that this is a a form that had been passed down from ancient Babylonia. We used to have the priests and the scholars under the desert skies scribing what was going up um so there's there's this sense of uh, you know I, I believe I'll be a student forevermore there's always more to learn but for for many of us you know, we don't always have the time, we have lives, we've got, you know, different things. So how do we um, understand? And there are three really big influences in our chart. Um, We start with the sun sign, because the sun sign, star sign, is really important, because without the sun, there's no life. Without the sun, there's no light. Mm. All the planets go around the sun. And it very much describes our hero's journey. It's what we're born with, but it's also what we're here to learn. So if we say, for example, my son is in cancer, I'm born a Cancerian, um, but I'm also here to claim the best of it. Now, the shadow side of that can be, you know, going into the shell, shy, fearful, but the, the gift of that is this amazing sensitivity, this great sense of nurturing, of protection, clan, family, home, belonging. And my hero's journey, where I have tripped over many times and had to drag myself up, ha- drag myself up, have often been connected around these themes. So mm. we would always start with the sun. We don't want to dismiss it. No. So Sally, can you tell me what your sun sign is? Actually, I'm a Cancer. I'm a Cancer. Oh, okay. So yeah. we understand that. And I think what we have to understand is the solar, the sun is how we're seen. It's how yeah. we shine our light. But what can be a challenge to us? Cancerians is that we are ruled by the moon so our light yes. can feel inconsistent we tend to have different energies throughout the month because we're ruled by the moon so there may be some times in the month I don't know if you experience it too where you may feel really extrovert and I'm out there and I can be seen and there may be other times where you might want to re- withdraw into that crab shell and mm-hmm. understanding that's our gift that we're we're cyclical rather than linear so mm-hmm. the more that we can Play to our strengths, the easier it is. And Sibby, what's your sun sign in?
2: Aries. Mine you're
1: Aries yeah. so interestingly if we look at the dynamic of you both my husband is Aries my mum was Aries I'm I'm surrounded by wonderful <laughs> Aries who go about life very differently from us Cancerians. I don't know if Sally could experience it because you if we look at you both you're both cardinal now cardinal signs want to get things going they have this ability to ignite to start now cardinal signs aren't always there for the bitter end they don't necessarily want to see things to the end because of the boredom that happens but yeah. your gift and remember, we want to know what our gifts are, is about starting the ball rolling. And what we would know with our cancers is they start the ball rolling when they're stirred intuitively, when their emotions are stirred, when they're there for something bigger than themselves. And Aries are, are stirred to take action, to be goal orientated to like, this is where I want to go yesterday, So come on, hurry up, let's get it done today. So there's a lovely combination. And I know when I think about my lovely Aries husband is that we can work really well together and we can work really badly together. We're expecting each other to be like ourselves. He's always like, you know, I'm always like, how are you feeling? And he's like, that isn't in his realm of consciousness. He's more into the action. Let's move here. Let's get it done quickly. And I'm like, oh, I haven't I haven't really thought how I feel. I need to settle into that. So it's just about realising that you both bring something so unique to this dynamic and it's going to be different. And together, you're going to be like a real firehouse. Well, I think it's yes. interesting. I know. <laughs> it's funny because... Um,
2: uh, and I like the the fact that there is more to it than you, I mean we did I did work out actually. I think i I think actually my moon sign is also Aries, and then I think I've got I think I'm all fire, but I've actually got uh, where I've struggled with traditional, let's say, where you don't go deep is I'm actually very, you know, very sensitive as well and very empathic and very. so I think that Sally and I have got an area where we a bit like a Venn diagram where we're actually quite similar Mm. um do you know what I mean and I like the fact that as I'm sure you're you're gonna elaborate but you know you've you've got the other elements of yourself and and it's funny when you when you just caught up in I mean I never have been one that avidly reads my horoscope or anything but um but you know you I think when you're younger you dip in and you're like oh you know what does it say about my (laughs) months or or what does it say about me as a person and sometimes I can identify myself as an Aries and sometimes I really can't you know and I find that quite interesting um but obviously it makes more sense when you look at the bigger picture you know as in your other the, the the big three and also I'm guessing sort of the position you know other deeper ways of looking at when you were born and um and things like that i like you were saying about having a natal a natal chart is that right
1: completely and you're so right i think you've just explained it so well is it the sun sign is it's a small slice of the cake and if you're working together we would always look at where's your mercury now mercury doesn't feature in the big three but it's still important because mercury is our communication style and I think Mercury is very important when we look at family dynamics because it's it's our default communication style. How do we like to receive information? how do we like to impart information and I look at my my family and they all have their mercury and fire signs, so they're all quite fiery and direct, and they say things quite um unempathetically <laughs> so my mercury just understands that they're not being rude they're not being blunt they're just imparting information and my my husband has his uh mercury in aries as well and he'll say just tell get to the point and my mercury you know why use one word when you can use a hundred my <laughs> mercury loves to talk work things <laughs> out feel feelings And I've had to realize that actually, we all have very different communication styles. And that's really important. I think especially when we have, for example, we've just had um, uh, a couple of planets go retrograde up in the skies. And we know that can influence us personally, but also as a collective. And when a planet goes retrograde, it's moving backwards rather than forwards. So when Mercury is going backwards, it's the fastest planet three times a year for three weeks, it slams on the brakes and goes back and retraces steps. And that is where communication can arrive. That is where if my husband or I go to miss the mark, those tend to be the times where I'm more aware that, you know, not to take things personally, to understand that, you know, I might have to be more aware of the words I'm using. So, you know, we think about where you two, we had both your charts. I think what you'd find is there are going to be areas where you come together. Now, the moon is the second of the the big three that I would say and the moon is interesting because the sun is all about our solar journey it's all about how we're seen how we want to be special what it is that we're unique to do and the moon is very different because the moon is very much connected to our instinctive response it's how we behaved as children before we realized we couldn't be instinctual in many ways and it's what we need to feel safe and secure So, for example, Siby, you mentioned that you have your sun and your moon in Aries. Now, that's interesting. So you were either born under a balsamic moon or a new moon. Um, Balsamic moon is the last phase of the moon cycle or the new moon stage. Do you know which one you were? I don't, actually. I don't. That's fine, because what we know is that your sun and your moon, in some ways, your head and your heart are singing the same song. Um, What we know is that for you to feel safe and secure, to go on your, your hero's journey, is independence freedom, self-reliance. There is a sense with our Aries warrior that actually yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to ask for help. I don't want to appear weak or vulnerable. So once we've got that sorted, in many ways, you can then really sort of go off on your, your fiery goal. If for some reason there may be times in your life where you haven't had as much autonomy, freedom, your own personal resources, or felt weaker, That would feel very uncomfortable for an Aries moon, we would really think because whenever a client comes to me and they're struggling, mental health, wobble, just losing confidence, I always say how is our moon? The moon is how we feed, nurture ourselves, it's also how we are mothered in some ways and how we continue to mother ourselves, so we always want to have a look at the moon because if we're not feeding our moon, if we don't have a, a happy moon, um, it's going to be much harder for us to be the best version of our sun. So, um, Sally, can you, do you know what your moon
0: is in? Mine, I think mine is Sagittarius.
1: So interesting, you've got a fire moon. Now, Sagittarius and Cancer are very different signs. Mm. Sagittarius, so in many ways we've got sibby who's got her head and her heart they need kind of similar things give me freedom and let's do it now and what we would have with our our sagittarius moon is about the big questions of life what's it all about Doesn't um what's the purpose sense. of it so we would imagine that for you to feel the best version of that cancer that very caring that very nurturing i get you i feel you i just want to i want to love you in 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 any way i can we need to make sure your sagittarius moon is happy and that means again in some ways sagittarius are the nomads the travelers of the zodiac There would be a a time often I would see my clients who have the Sagittarius moons, their children are always in the backpack. They're always outside of the home. They want to be moving forward. They want to be asking those big questions. They want to make sense of the purpose. What is the meaning? Um, So this is just a a snapshot Mm. of what you just very top line, what you would need to feed this lovely questioning, questing Sagittarius moon. Mm. And Having a fire moon would very much relate to Sibby's moon, which is also in fire. And fire signs have this lovely optimism, confidence, inspiration. They're the ones that lead others. Um. So when we don't have much fire in our charts, like myself, it can be more difficult to necessarily trust and have faith. Um. My husband, the fire one, he's, he's always like, it's all going to be okay. And I'm always like, oh, but is it? You know, so <laughs> it's just about realizing you know again we want to play to our strengths and not make ourselves wrong you know Mm. i don't want to you know judge that lovely aries independence but i also don't want to judge my moon um for wanting a little bit more um communication and connection in a different way
2: Mm. sorry i just i love the depth that you can go into just from that and it's just so it's just a totally different level to the kind of Mm. you know Oh, let's read my horoscope and say you know what I mean it really and the perspective resonates.
0: Of looking after your moon yeah just the way you're talking about it it's another it's it's a very a, a very um good way of thinking about yourself or other aspects of mm. yourself but in a you know instead of it what can I get from this or what do I need to know it's more of a what does it
2: need what, yeah. what
0: that part of my psyche? What does it need? How can I learn more about the positioning and what's going on with the constellations and everything else? And and how can
2: you nurture yourself yeah. and your strengths? It, we were talking about strengths last um, last week, actually. Yes. But it's almost like identifying, isn't it, your strengths and your your areas that need more nurturing, perhaps. And and I give, completely um, agree.
1: And yeah. I kind of learned the hard way. I think sometimes we. Well, I my experience is I often learn through you know, not getting it right. And I remember when <laughs> I had my first daughter and um, she was nine at the time and being this cancer son, the mother, the nurturing, you know, everyone's like, oh, you'll be such a great mother. And I'm like, oh yeah, I really struggled. It was, it was so overwhelming. I don't think I slept. I was just so out of my comfort zone. I was like, I'm so unhappy. And what I realized was that yes, my son is in cancer. I do have the ability to nurture and care and empathize, but I had completely ignored my moon. Now my moon is in Gemini, so I have very different, a bit like, um, Sally, your son and your moon have very different needs. Yeah. Um, And I completely ignored this lovely Gemini moon of mine, which actually thrives on communication, connection going out there. I had shut myself off. I was all about the baby and just reading baby books. And I was just not feeding myself. So when number two came along, I remember saying to Matt, things are going to be very different this time. And he looked a bit white and worried. (laughs) (laughs) I prioritised my moon. I... Matt, you know, got very hands-on, much more so than the first time where I was almost like my child. Um, I went out loads. I stayed connected. I, you know, the wonderful thing about technology, the, the blessing and the curse of it, is it is very easy to reach others and I really fed it and my experience. And yes, we could say, well, sometimes second child is a bit easier anyway. Perhaps so. But when I was prioritising what my moon needed, what how to feed it, and it needed to be fed on thoughts, inspiration, connections, reading, books. Um, I was a much happier son because my moon was taken care of. Mm, yeah, that makes complete sense. And it's it's just having
0: that information, isn't it, as well to kind of, look at it because you know in terms of things being cyclic and in terms of finding your own cyc- cyclic rhythm within yourself and and this idea of kind of going with the flow instead of engaging in resistance it all it, it's all there almost and once you kind of learn that you sort of can navigate you know yourself in in a much more organic way I guess Mm because you're not working against yourself because you've got the you're more informed you're more knowledgeable about what's already in your chart and what kind of would naturally be a a good thing and what might be more difficult it's sort of
2: yeah it's like another way of tapping into your inner inner self really isn't it and your inner Mm. your inner wisdom I suppose which it sounds like is what happened to you in Thailand you know you you Yeah.
1: Well, I didn't realise, because also as well as our own, there are sort of certain milestones that we all experience. And by knowing what they are, again, life flows better. So I didn't appreciate when I left the corporate world at 28, that I was at the beginning of this initiation, which is called the Saturn return. Have you heard of the no. Saturn return. Sounds well, amazing. Sounds like a Hollywood blockbuster. I've, <laughs>
0: I've, heard, I've heard of it, Prue, but I, I don't really know that much about it.
1: Um. Well, we all have Saturn in our chart. Um, and Saturn is where we hold our fear. It's where we can feel anxious. If there's ever a place that we're going to look at others, compare ourselves and feel like we're falling short, Saturn's going to be holding that. And there's often this sense that before we get to our Saturn return, and what well, the Saturn return is when Saturn's traveled the whole way around your chart and it's gone back to that exact point it was when you were born. And it takes between 29 and 30 years. It's a, it tends to be a 30 year cycle. And once we've hit that Saturn return, in some ways, it's our initiation into, um, adulthood. We're no longer trying to do what our parents want us to do. And if we veered off track, um, what happens is that we can have a lot of wake up calls, shocks, people may leave marriages, jobs, careers, life can get turned upside down. And it's very interesting to look at the first Saturn return and go, what changed in my life? Now, I didn't appreciate that the stirrings of I have to leave this corporate world, this little nest of um, comfort and familiarity. And I don't know why. When actually, what was happening was that my Saturn return was sitting right in my career house. So, what was happening, I was being stirred in the career to go off and do it differently. Mm. So, if I had known that, I think life would have felt easier. You know, and there were all these points in our life around 40, we have something called the Uranus opposition. Uranus is a planet of revolution, change. Let's break it all up. (laughs) And it gets to this point when we're around 40 where it, is opposite in the sky to where it is in our chart. Now, this is typically the time when we would have the midlife crisis and there's a restlessness. Any clients that come to me and I see this, I'm like, I would imagine that they are questioning life. There's suddenly the sense of, I'm not getting younger. What's it all about? Do I want to stay in this marriage career? There's often a time of great recklessness in some ways. And the more we can understand that, we're being rattled. We're wanting to make changes. You know, I, I think I made some quite sort of reckless decisions around that time. But once I realized it's okay, I'm not going mad. I want to take the best of what I have. But what is it that I want to change? So knowing that personally, there are these milestones that peak the whole time. They start almost six. At six, we have our first Saturn square. Around that time, and for our children, that's almost like when the fairy tale ends. It's suddenly where they paint a picture of a, I don't know, a rabbit, and it's not like on the fridge framed, and that's the most beautiful picture. There is a a reality of life, and Saturn is all about the realities, paying our dues, working hard. So we're in this process of evolution, and knowing when these are hitting can, can make a big difference. But I'm also, we're all experiencing certain aspects collectively. So we look at what happened, and I'm sure we can all remember 2020, um, and the astrological world was waiting in some ways with bated breath at the beginning of 2020. What was gonna happen? Because we had these two planets conjuncting, coming together. Saturn, we've mentioned, anxiety, fear, not good enough. The old ways, traditions, let's stay safe. But ultimately, Saturn wants us to claim our authority. Saturn doesn't want us to give away our kind of our sense of sovereignty. It wants us to claim it for ourselves. And my journey to Thailand, India, and, and back again was about claiming the work for myself. But in the skies at the beginning of t- January 2020, Saturn was conjuncting Pluto. Now, Pluto is also known as Hades. And in our Greek society and in, in mythology, they would never say Hades the name out loud for fear of attracting the wrath of the god of the underworld. Pluto is about the taboos, the secrecy, the darkness, the demons within us. We all have Pluto in our chart and it's all, and we all have different varying forms of comfort with Pluto, but generally Pluto is asking us to go into our unconscious, but he is a fourth, he can be ruthless, he's there to expose the rot. And Saturn and Pluto come together in some form every 35 years and with it, within it, a darkness can enter humanity. Mm. It collided with the beginning of World War I, the Cold War, the AIDS epidemic. There have been these milestones when there have been terrible consequences for humanity. Mm. Um, So when we knew this conjunction was happening in January 2020, it was when this pandemic was first announced. We knew that is the shape that in some ways this darkness is going to take. And I'm sure we all have different views and what's going on, but in many ways, Humanity, society was was changed. Its access, um, and we're still the, the ripples are still being felt. So it's about appreciating that there are big momentous occasions. We've yeah. got Uranus in the skies in Taurus now. Uranus revolution change. Let's let's break it all up. Has been going through the sign of Taurus, that Earth sign, um, since uh, um, twenty eighteen. It stays there for seven years. And the last time it was here was in 1934 to 1942. So what we would expect is if Taurus represents safety, food, comfort. Taurus doesn't really like change. Taurus likes things to the familiarity, the beauty. We've got Uranus breaking it up. So especially for our Taurean fellows, it's been a very challenging time. Everything that was once safe is being turned on its head. So we can understand that there's something more than what we can see. And by understanding it, the easier in some ways we can, we can flow. And, you know, sometimes I want to say survive, um, just (laughs) feel, you know, I'm not going mad. This is okay. I'm just, you know, experiencing change and the discomfort of that unfamiliar change. I
0: I think what you were saying about the collective, it's, it's definitely something that I I know a lot of people, particularly empathic people, sensed, and um, you know, kind of. When you were talking about what was happening, you know, from an astrology's point of view, it makes sense to me because I kind of saw it as as the old stuff, the old paradigms were falling away. They were kind of being torn away, ripped apart, um, or exposed for them to then fall away and they and and like you say I think there's still those ripple effects that are continuing because it I I always kind of feel as well that there's there's more light there's more light coming in and you know the shadows are getting there's there's fewer places for the shadow stuff to hide but we're experiencing that individually with our own shadow work as well as collectively and it's really interesting to see um you know this kind of Effect that it's having yeah. aqu- not just in our country but globally. Um, and I wanted to ask you actually about that because I know that we shifted, didn't we, from was it Pisces to uh, um Aquarius, the age of Aquarius? Um, I don't know, did is that what happened? We've shifted from one to the other because I think that they're they're in play, on not they, for thousands of years, or I don't know, you'll you will tell us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, if I going back to that point about, you know, in some ways the, the darkness has been exposed. I don't think what we're seeing is anything that's new. I think we're just seeing it, perhaps in a way that we hadn't. And I would say that's very much down to Pluto. Mm. Pluto, God of the underworld, exposing what's rotten. And Pluto has been in the sign of Capricorn, which is all about authority, hierarchies governments royal families armies anything that's got a top down structure and pluto is coming to the end of being in um being in the sign of capricorn um where it's been it's going to be for about 15 years exposing the rot anything that's been founded on um fraud or greed or all these kind of like um Uh, not truth, not the values, is all being exposed. And we can see how these big hierarchies, power, and it's all to do with power issues, power struggles. And we can see in some ways that, you know, people who are at the top of this hierarchy are holding on for dear life. They don't want to let it go. And if we can think about um, times in history where Pluto has been going through um, Capricorn, it reminds me of, I think it was 13 97, it was when Martin Luther put the, the thesis on the, um, the, the Catholic doors saying the Catholic Church is corrupt and it began the Reformation. So there's something about clearing out what is rotten and we first have to see it. So we are coming to the end of it. And whenever a big outer planet, Pluto is the furthest planet from our solar system, whenever they're about to change signs, we feel their symbolism more strongly. So this year, he's gonna move into the sign of Aquarius. Now Aquarius is very different to Capricorn. It's more about fairness. It's all about a fair society, classlessness. It's also connected to technology in the future in some ways. So we can imagine that in some ways, it's being ramped up the exposure on some level. Mm. Um, And it's, it's uncomfortable because in some ways that familiarity Pluto R- wants to bring it all down in a ruthless way. Wants transformation, and I guess when we move into Aquarius, it's going to be. And what's next? How do we build something? You know, ha- and how 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 deep does it have to go? You know, we. Uh, sometimes I don't really watch the news that often, but you know, there's more and more explosion, more and more hidden dark deeds that are coming to our attention. And as we said earlier, it's not new. We're just aware of it now. Great. And let's focus on the future that we want to create. I think sometimes it it can feel overwhelming and terrifying. And obviously it depends on our natal chart. If we're full of fire, it might feel very exciting and exhilarating. And if we don't have so much fire, there can be a sense of what's it going to look like? I'm a bit nervous. But if we could just all focus on holding our own light, our own unique, what can I bring? I might not be a freedom fighter. That might not be my path this life. Ah, but I can care and nurture and love and support people where they're at. So we all have a unique role to play in this lovely awakening, transition, whatever we want to call it. Um, and we're all really important, you know, getting stuck. You know, I, I can see it, you know, with others This kind of like holding on to the bad ways, holding on to this is unfair. This is unjust. This needs to change. Well, yeah, this has always gone on. And let's move beyond it. Let's think about what we can do now rather than getting staying stuck in despair in some ways. I love what you're saying, Prue,
2: because it's really resonating with all of the conversations that we've, been having really over the past like year really I mean it's interesting about um before Sally and I met um my my husband and I always we we always have a year it's the year off and we decide um what the year is going to be and it was the year of light last year and then when I met Sally and we were talking about how this whole idea that things are being illuminated and there's nowhere to hide anymore and you know the Mm. the you know that everything's coming to light and the corruption and all of this and we can see how it's been happening in society and also I like that you've brought the the fact that you've sort of saying about the technology and that because in a way technology has enabled a lot of this to come to light hasn't it um but it's funny personally as well I had this huge uh, and Sally will remember last year for a big chunk of last year I just wanted to change I had this real I just want change and it was like a real um burning feeling that but sort of a little frustrating as well because I didn't know how do you know what I mean how are these things Mm -hmm. but I love the the that all that you're saying really like ties in with my own feelings and i know i'm sure a lot of it with sally's as well Mm -hmm. yeah and feelings and intuitions and experiences of the past you know the past year let's say or up to do
0: do you know what really amazes me as well is because we all have different ways into this like you know i'm i'm very into consciousness fifth dimensional consciousness unity consciousness where i feel we're heading the ascension side i work with light energy i'm a light energy healer um and channel and And everything that I've been picking up is or or, or what I've been listening to from other people is exactly what you've been saying, you know, from a planetary perspective Mm. and and obviously your understanding and your expertise on how that then affects the the individual, the human or humanness um, Mm. collectively and individually. And it just, I I honestly say this is the first time I think in years where everybody seems to be saying the same thing, Regardless of what their area of expertise is, and it could be alarming or it could be exciting.
2: Yeah,
0: like you say, it probably depends on the individual. And because I'm a mix, I'm a water and a fire, and my rising is a, a, Aquarius, which I think is an air. I'm I'm like one day I'm like, and then another day I'm like, oh, I just want to
2: snuggle up and <laughs> you don't, don't have you find that a hot drink or <laughs> like having to, it being. We've been doing this podcast, and like uh, like you're saying, every person that's been on has had. It, it's the same essential feeling of that things that you know that the the corruption is being exposed, and that we're moving into a new consciousness. And that's mm. happening in you know the, every guest that we've had on, with with whichever their area. There's been an underlying theme, hasn't there? And they're all coming to, of transcendence into
0: their own. and. Yeah, They're all coming into their own. They're, yeah. It's like they've all been activated to do what they're supposed to mm. do. You
2: know, that purpose is really shot up. It's a really exciting, to me, very mm.
1: exciting mm. feeling. It feels like it's a fast track, doesn't it? It's almost like you have the idea and suddenly things are speeding up yeah. to get us where we're meant to be going and it's interesting Sally you mentioned about being Aquarius rising so the rising sign is our approach to life it's how other people see us when they first meet us and it's also how we start things off and Aquarius you're so right is an air sign it's with the mind and it's very much the signature of the outsider and the genius and you have two co-rulers you have good old Saturn who wants to keep things traditional and the same but you also have Uranus who's a um, so you have, in some ways, you have this this pull and this push between the old way and the new way, um, tradition. But then there's also this thing of let's just break it all up. Let's change it. The new is nothing to be fearful. When I think about Uranus is that Uranus as an outer planet. So again, it doesn't, an outer planet I means we can't see it with our, our naked eye. It's further um, from our solar system. It's there to, to revolutionize. And it's very much connected to sci-fi, it's very much connected to um, technology. But again, there's always a balance and Uranus wants to, you know, perhaps if Uranus is unchecked, you know, we're just one step away from becoming the robots or computers microchipped. So we just, you know, there is a sense of, yes, it's a brave new world and it's exciting and you know what is it we want to create because as much as i love the fact we can all connect by zoom i'm not so sure i want to be microchipped and you know responding <laughs> and having these conversations just you know through dialing in so again there is that sense of that pull and this push between the old and the new way and us finding our feet with it
2: mm. and tapping into the the consciousness of of like ancient consciousness ancient wisdom Mm. running running alongside you know the the, the technology that we've yes. created I feel is like the way forward however that may look yeah that that feels sort of right to me that's
0: been a, a, a theme really that's been coming into my awareness over the last few months maybe a bit longer but it's it's almost like there's one argument of in order to have this and do this and be able to do this, you need all this technology, versus the organic way of actually. If you work with your own energy, if you work with your own intuition, if you work with the collective energy, if you connect to source or the divine or however mm. you want to call it, you know that your capabilities are nothing short of miraculous. Mm. Um, and there's almost this sort of this race, it feels like there's this race, you know, um, because I think as more and more people are kind of experiencing ascension symptoms and their, you know, whatever gifts are com- either coming out that are new or developing further that, like you were saying, Prue, it just seems to have fast tracked. It just seems to have gone whoosh. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and, and it's just this interesting dynamic of this, you know, even, even like with 5G and, you know, fifth dimensional consciousness, there's always this mm. alternative that kind of sits next to it, you know, that's mm. sort of really
2: yeah, that's coming
0: out more and more,
2: I think. Interesting, isn't it?
0: We yeah. um, Prue, we will put in the bio what you were talking about your, um, was
1: it the big three? Um, yes, that's just a three week course to look at the sun, the moon and the rising mm. sign. And it's always a small group. People get to, we learn from each other. How does that sound sign? So it's always, it's, it's kind of, like you learn about yourself, but you'll learn about the perspective of other people. And it's on a Wednesday evening for over three weeks. And it's just a lovely way in. I would say it's for people that are curious and open and just are interested to in learn a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll put information about that because that sounds quite cool, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, and the and the rising then is, as you explained, that's something that people might um, have an impression of as in the first impression, it might be more prominent for people
1: to explain. It goes back to that thing of, is our rising sign different to our sun and our moon? Because if we have a very different rising sign, we tend to feel a bit misunderstood. People say, oh, you're so this, and we're like, no, I'm not. But they're seeing the rising sign. So we think about your Aquarius. Aquarius is a, a quite a, a different energy to Sagittarius and um, your Cancer. So it may be a sense of when people meet you, they're meeting the Aquarius. And Aquarius is, um, tend to uh, not always feel at home in their family of origin. They often are seeking their their um, uh, group, their non-blood group family in some ways to feel perhaps more at home if we if any of our signs are going to say well I swapped at birth it's often the Aquarians (laughs) that were like yeah how did you get into this family you know I think we see the world so differently but it's how you approach life and it's how people see you so they may see Aquarius before they see Cancer or Sagittarius Mm -hmm. and Aquarians want to be part of the group they want to be thinking about the future they want to be making humanity better they don't always understand humans. They're like, I kind of want to help them, but I don't always get them. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's about appreciating that people may think, you know, the shadow of that is they can be a bit aloof. They can be a standoffish. At times they can be a bit cold, which is at odds to that cancerian warmth. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's just about appreciating that how others see us. Um, some astrologers would say that our rising sign is the sign that our family wanted us to be. Um, I know I'm I'm a Libra rising and I definitely know that my my family wanted the good girl. Manners were very important, not rocking the boat. And actually, yes, that's my rising sign. But actually, it's almost, you know, it's it's how I reach my goal. I will use Libra in some ways, but it's not me. It's just the the way I approach life. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And,
0: you know, at the beginning when we were talking about um kind of how astrology in some ways can be just viewed viewed through a very narrow lens and we were talking about the sacredness of it I just wondered if you could just touch on that a little bit before we end just because the way you were you were talking it it was just so nourishing to
1: hear Mm. just
0: just Mm. so lovely and deep and nourishing to hear so I just wondered if
1: you could just yeah touch on that a little bit of course and I think the reason why I say it's sacred is that For me, it truly is. And yes, you know, we can open the newspaper and we can read a couple of lines. But I don't know if you, but sometimes I I might have read a couple of lines and I read the wrong one, but I still felt it appropriate. So it's designed to be watered down. It's Mm. designed to approach the masses in some ways. And yes, it can open us, but in some ways it takes away the integrity of that unique chart that we are all born with. We take our first breath And this amazing natal chart is created that is ours. No one can take that from us. It's our journey of life. It's how, you know, what's going to come up? Oh, that's interesting. How's that sign going to hit that sign? What do I need to learn? You know, oh, I might need to, I might want to do something different around there. So in many ways, it's our unique guide i think you know in our society we're overwhelmed with information there's a book on everything and there's a guru for everything and if you do this for 3 weeks you're going to get the the mecca the wisdom the the gold that you're seeking but actually what astrology is saying it comes from within you don't need anything out there there is that awareness and i know for myself i have limped through life in so many cases, I'd I'd pull myself into courses, despairing, unhappy, disconnected, what feeling like a failure because I was comparing myself or believing that others had the answers. Somebody else knew what I needed. Tell me what do I need? I'll do anything, I'll pay anything. Mm. But it's astrology and actually knowing my chart and, and speaking to astrologers who are, have empowered me to understand, Ah. Oh, that's okay. I'm okay. No wonder I'm feeling stress and tension. You know, I can see it all here and I can use these planets and understand that they work in different ways and I can use them to harness the best of me rather than thinking, oh my God, life is so hard.
2: Mm. I love that because it's all about working with um, your inner wisdom, but also the the wisdom of you know the cosmos as well isn't it and it's all it's all about that oneness which we you know which I suppose deep down we're all craving aren't we yeah really and
0: and when you were talking as well the other thing that came to my mind was how it enables self-acceptance how it it really leans Mm. you into that in a more healthy way so it doesn't feel like it's such a fight you know because you have that more of a thorough understanding of of what may be kind of in your chart that influences you or creates certain outcomes at different times. And it's yeah. it just it really just softens that whole being really harsh and tough with
1: yourself approach that mm. so many of us do. Mm. And it's so I, I would com- I would agree wholeheartedly and it can help me understand others. You know I can understand oh, you know especially if someone crosses my path and has a very different chart to me. I think, oh, I can understand now because that's going on. And it's not personal. That's just their lens of life. So in many ways it can help us disengage from these tussles of, oh, you know, you know, my own experience was, oh gosh, you know, I don't get on with that person. There's always commonality. Um but by the charts show in many ways, you know, how we shine, how we approach, what we need to feel connected to, how we move forward. And just realizing that people have very different kind of connections and it's not personal, you know, it's just that you know they have a different focus. And I've I found that especially helpful, especially with all my water in my chart, which brings that sensitivity. And you know, water signs can have a natural inferiority at times. So it's really helped just put a highlight on that. So I don't drown, and I can just swim. Yeah, it's so fascinating, isn't it? It is. We could like we could do
2: hours <laughs> several more. Hours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, yeah, no, thank you. That's I think hopefully for the listeners as well. I mean means me and, me and Sibby felt feel like we've just had a masterclass with yeah Prue. definitely um, hopefully the listeners have got you know a lot from it as well but thank you Prue, so much yeah. for you know beautifully explaining everything yeah, and thank um, you. if anybody thank wants you. to find out more about you Prue I'll make sure that your website link is in in the bio um we've mentioned the um the big three I know you have a moon tribe as well don't you i do i
1: send out a newsletter for every new moon every full moon just so to remind us what signs it in what's it what's the stirring um that's just a, a way to stay connected and you can just sign up to that on the website and just stay in touch with what's going on which i think Great.
0: would be brilliant yeah. just to give you a little bit of a nudge of what's happening um so yeah thank you Prue. yeah <laughs>
1: thank you so much Prue. that was amazing Thank you so much, Sansibi. I really loved spending this time with you. It's, you know, as you said yourselves, I could just, I could just carry on talking for ages. And I know that, you know, Saturn, the Lord of time, you know, you know, sometimes (laughs) holds the boundaries. So we shall honor him as we close. But thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this amazing community, this warmth, this openness and, you know, this exploration that, you know, you're both creating and sharing with your, with your tribe. Oh, oh, thank, you, thank you, It's been amazing to have you. We,
2: we need to put that on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: Definitely. <laughs> thank you.
2: Mm. Thank you.